in this episode, Mary just called me a snarky bitch. Because <laughs> she was like, do you know how to do an in this episode? I'm like, yeah, I've done this before. Well, I meant this particular episode. Do you know what we're talking about? <laughs> yes, I do, you snarky bitch. Um, today we have a letter. Oh, yeah. We do. We have a Mormon Mad Lib. We are going to drag that out of the closet. Yes. Closet? Yes, okay. closet. I don't sure. know. And we're dragging out the journal journey. Oh, that is something to drag out of the closet. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Shelly is going to come out of the closet at some point. Once again. No, not no. in your journal entries. No. You never talked about that. Going back into journal journeys is like revisiting a stranger. <laughs> like, whoa, who was that? So I'm going to share that with y'all. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Be right back. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know the new customers who bet $5 get $150 back in bonus bets? Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $150 back in bonus bets. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl trying to figure out her life. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. You know, Shelly, it feels really good to be back in our studio. Dude, I was just about to say that. You, <laughs> you stole my intro, whatever. I was thinking, well, you finished. How are you feeling? Go. That it's really good to be back in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> okay, so let me add to that. We have been, we still are. We've been so crazy busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are actually right now, today, both in Northern Virginia at our mm-hmm. house. Yeah. In our studio. Yes. Prepared, happy, drinking coffee. <laughs> this is going to be an actual episode. It's going to be late, I think. What day is it? Wednesday? Oh, for sure. Oh, I mean, it was late. supposed to be last week. I, who the heck knows? <laughs> but when it does come out, it's going to be good. <laughs> Epic. Uh, yeah. Um, a, a huge hug and thank you to all those who are being patient with our extreme busyness. And um, we've probably got another month of extreme busyness as we are preparing the Airbnb. It'll calm down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure, for We're sure. real for sure. close. Yeah. But we do have an announcement. The Airbnb is now on Airbnb, ready be rented. But don't worry, Kimberly, this won't be an entire uh, infomercial podcast this week again. (laughs) (laughs) Check out our four-bedroom, three-bath. I'm just kidding. Uh Uh, We are excited about it. Mary and I have been doing a lot of work, and it's definitely... You know how when you work on a project with someone, you... You you see their worst or their their best? (laughs) Is that what you're about to say? I was going to be a little kinder. Um, I was going to say something about how you realize that you have a a lot of differing opinions. That is true. Because this is something where it involves 
choices like paint colors and and furniture placement and mm-hmm. decorations and, and that damn chalkboard. The damn chalkboard. <laughs> I love the damn chalkboard. But it has definitely helped us grow grow closer together because yeah. we haven't split up over this. Mm-mm. Nope. And <laughs> it's been good. Mary's my partner. She really is. Yeah, we mostly agree. Yeah. Uh, the chalkboard is such a weird, tactile, <laughs> strange thing for me. I can't uh-huh. touch chalk. I can't listen to chalk. Mm-hmm. Even erasers give me the willies. Like, I can't have anything to do with chalkboards because it just is a, a weird sort of sound texture problem. So I got a chalkboard to put in the dining room section because it's just fun. You know, you can you know, write welcome what's for guests. Di- yeah, whatever. What's for what's dinner? For, yeah. People who are staying there mm-hmm. can put like plans for the day. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and um, and I knew- for all those who can handle chalk. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. So I knew that Mary had an aversion to chalk. So me being the good girlfriend, I was like, you know, I'll get those markers, the chalk markers, because they won't sound like chalk. Ooh, so worse. I got the chalk marker and- Oh my God. Yeah. Worse. Imagine chalk sound times 40 plus like (laughs) more intense chalk sound. And it wasn't even that clear when you wrote with it. You could barely read it. It bothered me. And chalk doesn't bother me. But I was like, oh my God. Mm, It was bad. Couldn't hang. So those went by the wayside. I got actual chalk, which I can handle. Mary cannot. So she plugs her ears. I run away. I got to go in another room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I like it. Damn chalkboard. How do people find our Airbnb? I think you just I don't know. I don't know. We're still figuring that out. Yeah. You know what? Here's a website I'm working on. Oh, yeah. Go to the website. And we'll put a link. By the time this comes out, we'll have a link on the website. Easy for you to say. By the time this comes out, (laughs) Mary will have put a link on the website that will take you to the Airbnb site. Yeah. So, wait. Um, I want to say something. So, Mary, (laughs) in true Mary style, paused the recording Uh to put her face to the side and say, What's the website? <laughs> What's the website again? I just want to know that she has such control over what she says and doesn't say. Because if I'd have been like, what's the website? She would roll her eyes and be like, oh my gosh, Shelly, the website is. Um, <laughs> she doesn't know me at all. No. <laughs> so she asked me the question. I go, Mary, mm-hmm. press record. So Mary, what's your question? I don't have a question. You don't know what the website is. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to type some. I'm going to click it clack right now. <laughs> it's beachpleaseva. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Dot com. How do you know? Yeah, it is that. Because this is my world. Just kidding. <laughs> so beach please, like B-E-A-C-H, please, like the word uh-huh. V-A for Virginia, V-A dot com. Beach please vagina dot com. Okay. Beach please Virginia. You can bring your vagina. You can bring your penis. You can bring whatever wow. you want. I don't care. Okay. Just come. That's Come what she whatever said. you have. Come sure. what may. Oh, my God. Okay, so that I'm tasked with getting this website up and running. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And there'll be a tab to book, and it'll take you to the Airbnb link, because that is a lengthy link. I don't even know. It's got numbers and things. It's a lengthy link. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'd love for you to look and see the work we put in. I don't know. I'm kind of proud of it. Just check out the pictures. You don't have to book. You don't have to stay. No, just check out yeah. the pictures and tell us how wonderful we are. <laughs> That's all we really need. No, I don't need approval. <laughs> Not at all. That's hilarious. Wait, I want to tell an Airbnb story. Okay. So coming back from the Airbnb, we were driving in separate cars because we'd gone down in separate cars. And as I'm driving around the corner eating my breakfast sandwich with my dogs in the car, our dogs, although Mary doesn't like to claim them. That's not true. I know. There's sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we drive around the corner and suddenly there's goats in the middle of the road. Baby goats, I mommy goats, there, daddy so. goats. And I was like, oh my God, there's goats in the road. I don't want them to get hit. Goats in the road is my next band name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sing back up. <laughs> in harmony? Uh-huh. Okay. So I pulled into the driveway of the house next to the field where the goats should have been, knocked on the door, no one answers, kept banging, no one answers. And I'm like, shit, like I'm the one who stops the car to get injured squirrels out of the road. Like I get, there's no way I can handle goats. Especially baby goats standing in a road. <laughs> so I'm surprised you didn't gather them all up and now it's like, so I have an announcement. We have goats. <laughs> oh, don't think I didn't think that. I'm like, I could just take two of these babies. And they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. How cute would that be? Oh my God. They were so cute. <laughs> they were like the little ones where they go clackety, clackety, clack when they run around. You know, our lawn needs trimming back here. So oh, I could have just brought them here for a few days and then brought them back down and <laughs> they put might them not in have the, noticed. They put they them right noticed. in the road in the same spot. <laughs> 
Well, I would have put him in the fence. Anyway. Okay. So I'm sitting there like, shit, what do I do? And then another car pulls up behind me. And so we get out and she goes, are these your goats? I go, no, I think they're these people's goats, but they're not home. Whose goats are they? Yeah. So I was like, we're going to save the goats. So me and breakfast sandwich, because I couldn't leave my breakfast sandwich (laughs) in the car because the dogs were in the car. They would have just shredded that shit. And it was good. I got it at Erica Mall. Oh, right. Which is strange store. Yeah, the strange store around the corner (laughs) from the Airbnb. It was like a croissant, I think, but not really, with thick slice of bologna and egg and cheese. So country. Bologna. It's good. Not ham. It was like the thickest slice of bologna. It was really good. Okay. Anyway, so. Thanks for that. Uh huh. So this lady and I went and we herded, we shepherded these. You goat herded. We goat herded. High on a hill was a lonely goat herd. Yo, lilio, lilio. What is that? That's from Sound of Music. Oh, musicals. I'm not about that. Goat herd. Goat herd. So Mm -hmm. we goat herded herded (laughs) the goats back into their enclosure. And they were very friendly. They let me pet them and everything. I wanted to pick up a baby, but I don't know. I I just didn't. You could have done goat yoga. I could have. Mm-hmm. I bet Just you. right there in the yeah. middle of the road. Damn it. <laughs> Missed opportunity. I know. <laughs> so we got him back in and then realized there was a bit of a hole in the fence where they were escaping. So uh. I walked across these people's field, grabbed a big ass, like two by six, a long one. It was at least 10 feet long. And I dragged that MFR all the way across their field. To plug the hole? To plug the hole. While the goats watched me like, what is she doing? Mm-hmm. Holding a breakfast sandwich in my mouth at this point because I needed two hands. Dragged Why it. didn't you leave that in the car? Because the dogs were in the car. Oh, good point. Mary's not listening to the story. <laughs> there are details. Okay. So I dragged the board all the way across and um, put it in the place where the babies and the grownups were getting out and then left, locked the gate up and left. I feel Whew. good about that. Adventures. Yeah. Which I missed me, all of this. Which made me even more late for work. Yuri, if you're listening, that is why I was mm-hmm. so late. I almost hit a buzzard. That was my adventure. It was around the bend in the road. Was it the same bend by the goats? I don't know where the goats were. No, they're, I think they're it was next further to the, down. the dentist that's next to the brewery. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Across the street is. from the place that puts really cool rims on your car. Sure. Yep. Yeah, all that is possible. Montross is kick-ass. A little bit of everything. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, you know, Shelly, I realize I'm only seeing about half your face. Is it possible to move your monitor out of the way? I can rotate it. Oh, there, ah, you, there are. you are. There's my pretty girl. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> I love you. Should we go ahead and talk? Oh, I love you too. Should we go ahead and talk about this realization I had? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll Mary's just realization. Ahead. Go. Because it's related to my love for you. <gasps> Your love for me? Yeah, of course. Aww. So I was listening to a Brene Brown podcast, her Unlocking Us podcast. And this particular episode was from before the holidays. So I'm a little behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't listen in order. I'm one of those podcast listeners. I'm I pick not and hearing choose. that. I'm I not, pick I'm and not. choose which episode. Listen, I Renee listen Brown to. is different because it doesn't build. You don't know. Have I'm you assuming. even listened to her podcast? So typically, when you have a lot of guests on, <laughs> they start building. All right, thank I, you. That is true. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of guests, it was the episode with Dax Shepard and Tim Ferriss, who mm-hmm. have other successful podcasts. But anyway, talked about different things. Brene had a realization that she is a blamer. And she comes from a long line of blamers on the maternal side. Okay. So like mother, grandmother, maybe great-grandmother, all blamers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I realized as I was listening, holy crap, that's me. I do that. And I am from also a long line of blamers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that kind of hit me. Yeah. And I love when people like Brene Brown, who everybody thinks has their shit together 100% of the time, can be really candid about what they struggle with. Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's just helpful to people listening who can relate. Yeah. So I'll give you a practical example of how I am a blamer. Okay. This morning, I took a look in the fridge, and it was a shit show in there. There was like a plastic kind of container of greens, what used to be greens, and now is like greens soup, mm-hmm. and plus other science experiments in there. So I was like, you know what? I just, I have to clean this out. Okay. I have to clean this out because it's driving me crazy. So I did. I cleaned out the fridge and thought to myself as I was doing so, you know, if I didn't do this, it would never get done. That was the thought I had. Wow. That is the thought I had this Thank morning. you for not thinking that out loud at me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I realized as I was thinking the thought, holy shit. That's a shitty thought. That's a blamey thought, right? Mm -hmm. And so I stopped myself. I realized I was having the thought. 
and I stopped myself. And then you know what I did to counteract that thought? What? I thought of all the things that you do that I never have to even think about. Aww. Like trimming the dog's hair, mm-hmm. giving them baths, mm-hmm. giving them medicines, all that stuff that you do with the dogs. You vacuum way more than me. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah, I feel like we sort of divide and conquer. Yeah, everything duties. gets done. I said duty. You did. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you recognize that. Yeah, no, it's horrible thought. It's it's a struggle mm-hmm. for sure because I was taught that by my mother mm-hmm. and my grandmother and from everything I hear, my great-grandmother who I've never met. But that shit, you know when the Bible talks about passing down sins of the father? Yeah. I feel like that's what maybe that is. Because you learn it even though they you don't say, it. Mary, this is what you need to do. They don't yeah. like sit down and give you a lesson on how to blame. You, you just, just are they around mirror it. They mirror the actions, right? Yeah. That yeah. that attitude. So. That's what I inherited, nurture versus nature, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's my struggle, one of them. And I just had that realization and, and I guess wanted to share. Oh, that's sweet. Because as a recipient of a blamer, it can be difficult. Oh, yeah. It can be hard. I bet. Yeah. Not, I bet it it's is. It's not fun. No. But hearing you realize that you are a blamer definitely is nice for me to hear. Not that I want you to feel guilty, because I don't at all, but just recognizing. Well, yeah, and I think we're all on this planet to better ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. you have to have those realizations to figure out what it is you need to work on. That's true. Right? Uh Uh-huh. So thank you, Brene Brown. The other thing she said was that when she's placing blame, Mm -hmm. she'd rather it be her fault versus somebody else's. So she blames herself? Just so she can take responsibility for it. Huh. Because when it's your fault, and I relate to this too, when it's my fault, when I've fucked something up, I can try to fix it, or I can try to take responsibility for it, or mm-hmm. I can control it better. Mm-hmm. When somebody else fucks up, in my view, then what's supposed to happen? Who's responsible? Who's right. fixing this? Right. Right? But when it falls on me, I can do something about it. I can take control of it. But don't blamers typically blame someone else? It depends on the thing. Yeah. Not necessarily. Uh They just look for someone to be at fault, and it could be themselves. So there has to be a fault for everything. Right. Gotcha. I guess if I were a narcissist, I'd want everyone else to be at fault. Gotcha. But I don't view the world that way. I just view the world that shit happens, Mm -hmm. someone's responsible, and it could be me sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. But the thing that would be great is to think, okay, shit happens and leave it there. Yeah. Right? People are human. Why does anybody have to be responsible for something happening? Right. Does it matter? Does it matter? It doesn't matter. No. Exactly. Anyway, so work in progress over here. Yes. Right? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I just thought I'd share. Oh, that makes me feel good. It really does. Oh, good. Well, excellent. Shall we... Drink our coffee and toast. Cheers. Cheers, A's clink. Clink, clink. <laughs> From across Can't the table. Can't quite reach. Let me, let me have a sip. It's good, by the way. Yeah. Crush I'll the blame coffee. Mary for the delicious coffee this morning because it is good. <laughs> well, that's a blame I can get behind. <laughs> well, okay. All right. What's next in our podcast, Shelly? I actually wrote down some notes. Ooh. Um, we got a letter. Yeah, we do. Should I read it? No, we have to do the intro. Oh, yeah. Let me just glance down to see who this is from. There it is. Okay, this is from Allie. But let's do our intro. Okay. And it's time once again for another LDL letter. That wasn't very long. It was good. I think that was perfect. All right, leave it. Mm -hmm. Leave it in, Dan. I kind of have that sense of the timing in my head. (laughs) (laughs) You are the music major after all. That's right. I conducted. (laughs) Okay, this is from Allie. She says, hi, Mary and Shelly. That's us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your wonderful podcast you have created. You are so welcome. I listen on my train ride home from work, which is a 55-minute ride. So it's just perfect for consuming your episodes and unwinding from the work day. You're welcome. Yeah, we time that pretty well, mostly. Just for her, just for the 55-minute <laughs> commute. There's a few long ones. Mm-hmm. The subject matter is so niche, yet so relatable and perfect for so many of us, she says, in all caps. Wow. Who came out later in life, largely due to the choices that were more or less forced on us by the pressures of religion. Exactly. Can relate to that. You chose it. Did I? Did I choose it? Did I have free will? 
I feel like when someone says, well, you chose it, like, no, I, I wouldn't have made that choice had I not been brainwashed. I guess it makes me feel better knowing I'm actually not that person. I'm not that person who would choose to judge others. I'm really not that person who would choose to get married young to a guy that I wasn't truly in love with. Like I, me, Shelly, me, the one that the audience knows, mm-hmm. is not that person. Now that I am actually free to choose, mm-hmm. the brainwashing is is mostly done. Yeah. And you know what? When I'm looking back in my journal journey, you'll, you will see the stark difference. Um, the choices I'm making now are actually me. Actual choices. Yes. Based on who you have come to know yourself to be. Yes. Not based on people telling me what I have to choose because God, because Mormon. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Anyway, uh, sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Ellie says, it's so comforting to listen to someone who has experienced so many of the same things that I went through, especially after all this time of thinking I was just broken and completely alone in this world. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. No. So not alone. And you're not broken. Oh, no. No. Not at all. Ali says, I also love Mary's position on the show where she learns about new Mormon terms or concepts and y'all just discuss the ridiculousness and laugh it out. Mm-hmm. I know, right? In addition, I love Shelly's scathing and perfectly timed fuck yous when someone is talking <laughs> about a former bishop or the temple or really anything else, uh-huh, she says. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> fuck, you know what? Fuck you. Is that what it is that I say? I think that's it. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. She says, that is literally me, and it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Finally, this may sound weird, but I love your voices. Oh, oh nice. Oh, which voice do you love? Which voice? Sleepy shorts? <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Ooh, (laughs) turning myself on. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, She says, they both remind me of very specific people who I haven't seen in a long time because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that's just a comforting side note to the already wonderful podcast. Oh, this is so sweet. I love this letter. Keep it coming, Allie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm writing to share my story with you, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Always. While in many ways it's very similar to a classic ex-Mormon slash lesbian discovery story, it comes with a twist. I love a good twist. love a good surprise ending. Me too. My story begins like most other ex-Mormon tales. Brought up in the church, devout Mormon family, followed all the rules, checked all the boxes. Yep. The usual. I started having issues with the church right after I graduated from college. Up to that point, I attended church religiously every week and never thought twice about it. But at some point, I realized I simply did not want to go. It felt like a chore, a burden, a very boring waste of time. It felt like that because that's what it is. (laughs) So I paused and asked myself what I was really doing or getting out of it. Eventually, I could only convince myself to go if I just attended sacrament meeting and then dipped out early. I was never a dipper. I had way too much guilt. I could not dip after sacrament meeting. What happens after the sacrament part? Um, so sacrament meeting is like an hour and 15 minutes Jeez. and then, I know, and then, oh, that's just the start. And then you go to Sunday school, which is like another 45 minutes or whatever. And that's when you, the, the men and women meet together. And then the last hour is just the women go meet with the women and the men go meet with the men. The kids are all, Golly. for the last two hours, the kids are all in primary. They've reduced it to two hours now because they were losing people. But, um, yeah, that's it. Wow. Mm-hmm. I reduced my attendance further by only attending once or twice a month, and I started pulling the classic move of sitting and listening in the foyer Atta girl. rather than going into the chapel. Is that a thing that people do? Yeah, like, oh, the chapel's full, or, oh, I have a crying kid. They have speakers that you turn on okay. out in the foyer. <laughs> yeah. From there, I just slid on out without much notice. Atta girl. I started spending my Sundays doing all sorts of fun things like running, hiking, and grocery shopping. Sinner, <laughs> sinner. Wait, was she also sewing? Did she have a sewing addiction? Uh-oh. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to that later in the letter. <laughs> Step away from the sewing machine, Allie. <laughs> in some ways, I still felt like I was breaking the rules, but mostly it just felt good. I was doing what I wanted with my time rather than forcing myself to attend boring church and pretend like I enjoyed it or got something out of it. It was very freeing, she Wow, says. I would have been guilt-ridden. <laughs> Way to go, Allie. Yeah. I got out of it before I ever went to the temple, thank God, mm-hmm. she says. I also didn't have a big defining, I'm leaving the church moment 
like so many people have after they deep dive into the church's history. I was just over it, so I stopped going. It wasn't until a few years later that I really came to know and process all the reasons for leaving. She says there are so many, and I officially removed my name from the records in 2014. Way to go. At a girl again. Yeah. Right around the same time I stopped attending church, I met my future spouse. We started running together and hanging out a lot, and we got along really well. It was the first time I ever really hit it off with someone. I had never had a boyfriend before. My only crush I ever truly had was on a boy I met in sixth grade, and I kept that crush all the way through high school. Turns out he's gay, which makes total sense now. (laughs) I know, I always had crushes on gay guys, too. They're fun. Absolutely. Not that our straight guy friends can't be fun. You know what? If you're listening and you're fun, then just raise your fucking hand. Yeah, raise your hand. I'm fun. I'm I'm fun. I'm straight and I'm fun. (laughs) That's right. Ellie says, guys never flirted with me or took me on dates, and I didn't seek it out. Obviously, in all caps, I was gay. I mean, obviously, Allie. Come on. Duh. (laughs) But I just not even clued into that part of myself. I never went to that space in my brain. I get that. Yeah. So I was hitting it off enough with this person that I thought, okay, is this it? Should we get married? I've never met anyone else who I want to be around this much, so this is obviously it. Then they proposed to me one day out of the blue, and I went with it. It felt right. It didn't take long at all after I was married before I came to know and understand my identity. I developed a crush on a female friend, and it would not go away. Uh I was so recently married that I couldn't even fathom what this would mean for my life if I just suddenly came out to everyone. So I buried it hard. I did everything I could to rid myself of this crush and these feelings that were consuming me. I felt completely trapped. Oh, poor sweetie. Yeah. That sucks. That's a shit feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. Some relief came for me when my partner got a job on the East Coast, and we moved away from Utah. The distance from the girl I was crushing on helped me to eventually get over those tragically wonderful feelings. And the fact that I was far away from friends and family meant that my partner and I relied a lot more on each other, and our relationship got closer. I still knew who I was, but I continued to keep it buried. Although every now and then I would fantasize what my life could be like if I were able to live openly as my true lesbian self. I started secretly exploring my sexuality more by watching lesbian films in the middle of the night when my partner was asleep. Oh, that's a little um, dangerous (laughs) there. Because, you know, what if they wake up? I know. Uh, Allie says, of course, that just left me constantly stewing in gay yearning. (laughs) Depends on the film, right? I love a good gay stew. (laughs) That's my next band name. Gay Gay stew. Stew. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm sure it'll be sold out. For sure. (laughs) Standing room only. Uh, Allie says, the three plus years of my life living on the East Coast hold nothing but dark memories for me. I fell into a deep depression and was barely functional. I quit my job as a teacher because I felt so unstable and unable to cope. My partner was worried, of course, but didn't really know what to do, and neither did I. I never sought any help from my depression. I just wallowed in it. It was awful. I kept saying that I just wanted to move back home and be closer to friends and family, but at the time, that really wasn't an option. Finally, another round of relief came when my partner landed a job in Seattle, The city was very appealing to me, and it seemed like a much more suitable place for the two of us to put down roots. It was also much closer to our families, so it just made sense. We moved to Seattle in 2018, and things felt like they were looking up. Not long after arriving in Seattle, I got a job at a company owned by a lesbian couple. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Most of the people who worked there were part of the LGBTQ plus community, and I immediately clicked into place there. Mm -hmm. Work became my favorite place to be. Being around gay people who are just openly living their lives and happy and thriving and out. It was all new to me and so refreshing. That was like when we went to Atlanta and I met your gay friends who were just gay and in relationships. And friends. And and friends. (laughs) I'm like, damn, I can have this. Yeah. We're all really normal, right? Just very Uh, regular. No? Abnormal? (laughs) Yes. Abby normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, just regular folks. Yeah, regular happy gay people with jobs and houses. and Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Allie says... It was truly like I found my home. I understood these people, and they understood me. Mm. That's awesome. 
Being at work was so soul-calming and reaffirming that I started spending as much time there as I could. Mm-hmm. I was working 60, 70, 80-hour weeks. Shit. <laughs> I just wanted to be at work all the time. I worked late nights and almost every weekend, which meant I rarely ever saw my partner. Mm-hmm. My marriage really started to unravel from there. I was coming into my own as a gay girl on her way out of the closet. And I was frustrated and resentful of how I allowed myself to buy into the heteronormative society. Yep. Going home to my partner was a constant reminder of that, and I wanted out. When I eventually found the courage to come out to my partner, I was surprised to know that they were truly shocked. I had hit it well. My partner was incredibly understanding and supportive, and we talked through our lives together, reliving our relationship under this new light. Now for my twist. After I came out, We talked back and forth as a couple on how we were going to handle the situation, and we eventually decided that divorce was our best option. We were both in our early 30s and felt it was best for both of us to have the chance to find new partners that would better suit us. Of course, we planned to remain friends through it all as we were bonded from seven years of marriage, and there was nothing that was ever really that incompatible about our relationship other than my secret gayness, she says in parentheses, (laughs) LOL. We were a functional couple, and we had always gotten along. Fast forward another few months down the road, and my ex-partner came out to me as transgender. Boom, plot twist. (laughs) That explains a lot of the sort of pronouns and things happening in this letter. Of course, this opened up a whole world of questions and what-ifs and aha moments about how we found each other Mm -hmm. and why we were attracted to each other in the first place. If our marriage had been a true hetero situation as we were presenting ourselves to each other in the world, it literally wouldn't have worked or lasted as long as it did. She says you can extrapolate from there, but it's basically about a lack of intimacy and how we were both okay with that because neither of us desired heterosexual sex. There you go. There you go. There's a clue. Yeah. She identifies as a lesbian woman and began transitioning in early 2020. Good for her. We remain friends and supportive of each other's journeys, but it's a very complicated web of thoughts and what-ifs about what course our lives might have taken if we had understood ourselves and each other much sooner. That's a hard road to go down. Yeah. The realization of, Well, shit. What could have been? Yeah. I know you think that. Uh, I have. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm over it now because here I am and I'm so happy and settled and it's wonderful. But yeah, the first couple years probably of after the divorce was like, God, it could have been so different. Yeah. You know? Right. Allie says, it's tragic to think how long we both silently suffered in our marriage when the reality was we were in a queer and potentially viable marriage all along. Interesting. (laughs) Because they got along so well. Right, right, right. Our lives took different courses pretty quickly after we separated and before my ex-wife came out to me. In true lesbian fashion, I very quickly fell into a relationship with one of my coworkers. It happens. (laughs) What do they say? Don't fish off the company pier. (laughs) (laughs) I moved into her apartment strictly as a roommate. Of course. Absolutely. That always stays roommating. Before we actually started dating, but it didn't take long, she Mm -mm. says. I lived there for less than two months before we kissed one night. Oh, I want more details about that one night kiss. Okay. She says, this wasn't random. I had been crushing for a while, and it was mutually a slow-burning development over several months of working together. She said it was magical, and it has been magical ever since. That's awesome. Shit. So you want some dirty dates, Shelly? Like, was it, you know, were they just in the kitchen? No, that's not (laughs) what I want to know. I mean, why not? That's not what I want to know. It's like, were they in the kitchen Uh and laughing about something, and then suddenly, like, their faces were close? Oh, yeah. Or were they like watching a movie and one of them was like, you want to watch some lesbian porn? And it just went from there. Mm -hmm. Was it, you know, one of them was crying and the other one was consoling her? Like, I want to know how it happened. (laughs) Okay. Allie, get back to us if you you. feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, I'm going to make something up in my head as to how it went down. Okay. Okay. Well, she said we're free to extrapolate. Oh. So go for it. I just did. I gave multiple (laughs) scenarios. Okay. Anyway. Allie says, it has almost been two years now, and we're still together. Oh, good. I'm happier than I've ever been, and my life finally feels like it's on its normal course in the way that I had always pictured it to play out. 
My ex still lives in Seattle, and we meet up fairly regularly and check in with each other. Mm -hmm. She's doing well and is also thriving, living as her true self. That's awesome. Yeah. She's one of my closest friends, and I will always support her. That's great. I love this. Allie says, as far as my coming out status, I am fully out to friends and family, and they have been nothing but supportive. Wow, that's awesome. I know. The same goes for my girlfriend, who only recently came out to her family. They've been so wonderful and accepting. It has truly been the happiest year of my life so far. That's fantastic. Even my very Mormon mother is accepting of my life and has shown nothing but love. Shit. That's amazing. It is. All along, I thought my coming out would completely ruin my life, but it has been just the opposite. Oh, That's fantastic. Flipped over that first super scary domino, let the dominoes fall. And look at her now. It's awesome. Thank you for listening to my story, if you made it this far. She we says. Did. And thank you again for the wonderful podcast you have created. You are both gems. Oh, which gem am I? Diamond. <laughs> are you a diamond? I'm more of like an emerald. Okay. Jade? You pick. I don't know. Do you want to be a jade or an emerald? One's shiny, one's sort of more of a matte finish. I'm a ruby. Ooh. Mm. Don't what take you? your love to town, uh -huh. ruby. <laughs> I'm going to say opal. That's an old grandma name. It's also beautiful in a complex stone, and you look at it, and it doesn't look the same way twice. How about, ooh, you know what? Here's what I am, a sapphire. Oh, blue? Sure. Star okay. sapphire. Those right. are real pretty. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. Glad we got to the bottom of that. Mm -hmm. It was very important. <laughs> Fuck the story. That was sure. important. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Allie, for writing in. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Thanks, Allie. We love the letters. Keep, yeah. Keep coming with the letters. And again, we read every single one. Even if we don't respond. Yeah. I, I eventually I swear yeah. I read everything. <laughs> yep. We're just fucking swamped. Yeah, that's true. Every letter I read, I feel close to that person, even though I don't know them. It's great. So please keep keep sending them in. Keep sending them in. And eventually we're going to get help with this uh, blog project. Mm -hmm. We're sort of swamped with the Airbnb, but we're going to get to all these things. Yes. And we're going to have help. We're going to get this done. Yes. Bear with us. Uh -huh. But if you would like to send us a letter, please direct your attention to latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. There you go. And there's a lot of info there. So let's take a little break and get into Shelly's wacky journal when we get back. There's some wacky ass shit in here. <laughs> so let's take a break. Listen to the damn commercials, oh, people. Oh, dear. Turn the volume down. It's okay. <laughs> Don't fast forward. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, we'll talk to you in a second. Mm -hmm. Be right back. And we're back. So I've really missed that journal journey song. Well, I think you should cue music. Cue music. Gonna read from this here journal, even though it's triggering. Yeah, we'll read from her shitty journal. It's Shelly's journal journey. Yeehaw. Cool. Uh, what's your journal journey entry today, So Shelley? I'm going to go into some shit. I'm going to reveal some things. Okay. Because um, there's a lot. The things to be revealed involve a lot of guilt and shame. Well, we're going to help you heal. For sure. And I'm just going to go in order of my journal. Uh, I'm not going to hop around anymore. I'm not reading everything because some of it's boring as shit. But yeah, I'm just going to go for it. Ready? Let's do. This is July 8th. I would say 95 because I'm not married yet. In Manti, Manti, Utah. Manti? That's where the Manti pageant was. Last <laughs> night, I'm reading, was the temple pageant. It was awesome. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. What? What's a temple pageant? So, you know what a pageant is? It's like a like a play, I guess. And oh. they used to have these at the, in the Nauvoo Temple, I think Mesa Temple, probably a few different temples, but the one that I have been to is Nauvoo and Manti. So they act out some shit. Yeah, it's basically cheesy as fuck. They sing, I think. It's a pageant. I always think like beauty pageant. There I guess was I didn't... no beautiful people there, <laughs> except for myself. Uh -huh. Anyway... Last night was the temple pageant. It was awesome. <laughs> the most incredible thing was when I bore my testimony to those kids who were being bashed by that anti-Mormon. Oh, my goodness. You mean you bored the shit out of them? Yes. When you bore your Likely. testimony. <laughs> so when you go to these pageants, there's always um, the super uber Christian groups who are there to um, tell the Mormons that they're going to hell. Fun. I just finished writing the experience to Brent in a letter. Oh, my God. Ready? My testimony grew threefold. <laughs> His heart grew four times that day. I was such a dork. Day. Okay. <clears throat> threefold. It's just not me. I'm reading this. And I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck wrote this? So embarrassing. <laughs> I know I have been forgiven 
and am living within the covenant because I often feel the spirit. Oh, do you? What does it feel like? <laughs> I will back. I don't know. <laughs> Gassy? Shit. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to July 20th. Ready? Mm-hmm. Brent is a blessing. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. God blessed me because I straightened out my life. Oh. It's all starting to make sense. You needed straightening. I needed straightening. <laughs> <laughs> kind of not straight. Okay, we're moving on to July 26th. And what year again? We're 95. Okay. Not married yet. Okay, ready? I prayed a lot about Brent. Ask and ye shall receive. Mm -hmm. I prayed so hard that Brent and I will be together. I know that with him, I can return to my heavenly father. Yeah, you need a man. You need a man. Absolutely. You need a man. And I'm like... This return missionary, squeaky clean. Uh -huh. He's accepting wayward, me. I was soul. a wayward. Yeah. <laughs> so with him, I can return to my heavenly father. Yeah. Well, you you know, you need someone, that man, to pull you through the veil yeah. or whatever. Oh, I was I was sold on that. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, July 28th, two days later. I've just been thinking about how much I want to marry Brent and spend eternity with him. Mm. All this eternal, like— Yeah. And looking back— it was this idea of I'm finally good. Like, I'm finally a good Mormon. Yeah, on the straight and narrow. Yeah, because growing up, it always seemed so intangible to me because I was just a screw-up growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, I was doing all the wrong things. And so I was in a certain class, and all of these, like, eternity-bound people were in a class above me. And here I was finally, right? Mm-hmm. I know that together we would make it to the celestial kingdom. Mm. Exaltation. Ooh. Ooh. Exaltation. I was finally getting to use the big words because I was— Yeah, those yeah. are some big words. Yeah, yeah, because I, uh, I was being obedient. God. Is this bothering you that I'm talking about, Brent? It's hard for you. I don't want it to. No. Okay. I don't care because I know it's, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Okay. Are you recording that? Because it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> Bullshit. So whatever. Yeah, here I'm worried about hurting Mary's feelings, and as I'm talking to my ex, she's like, "It's bullshit. I don't care." <laughs> and you're divorced. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> it didn't last. Guess what? That eternal family situation didn't work out. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, a couple of nights ago, Brent and I had a very serious conversation about, and I wrote a word, and then I scribbled over it and said, "Stuff." Oh. This would obviously be in case my um, kids or somebody got a hold of my journal. He spoke of healing me. Honestly, he was I, going to? Brent. How is he going to heal you? That's what the priest did. Really? Yeah. He could just lay his hands on well, you? Well, that's and... what I was— <laughs> let, me, let me finish the paragraph and <laughs> okay. I'll explain it deeper. Wow. He spoke of healing me. Honestly, I don't know. I have total faith that the Lord could heal me, but sometimes I feel as if— scratched the word out— is my punishment— and the only reason my, scratch the word out, bothers me is because it bothers Brent so much. I don't know what to think. So my first year of college was very wayward, and I contracted an STD. Hmm. Um, STI for the kids these days. Okay. And it is herpes. I'm throwing this all out there. Yeah, you are. And I'm kind of glad I am because I bet some listeners are like, oh, shit, I have herpes too. Sure. We're, we're bonding over an STD. This was forever ago. And it's a very, for me, shame, back then, I don't give a fuck now, back then, very shameful. I was mm. very dirty because also anytime you go to a new doctor, an OBGYN or whatever, like I, I did a lot, and they're all Mormon, you have to oh. tell them, oh, and I have herpes. Oh. And there's immediately this, oh. The shame. Yeah, the shame. I'm a whore, you know? It would help if your doctor wasn't Mormon. For sure. Then it would, you know, it'd just be a clinician that you're talking to about a yeah. medical situation. Like, mm, okay, well, yeah. As opposed to like feeling like you're going to confession Completely. to another stalwart Mormon member of the church, right? Completely. And there were also at least one or two incidences where I went to a new doctor and I was so ashamed that I didn't bring it up. Like, I didn't want to say anything. And then I felt guilty about not bringing it up because what if they need to know this and blah, blah, blah. It's just fucking this shame, this this shame and guilt of being unclean, right, yeah. in quotations. And so now I'm going to reread that paragraph with the actual words. Okay. A couple of nights ago, Brent and I had a very serious conversation about my herpes. 
He spoke of healing me. Honestly, I don't know. I have total faith that the Lord could heal me, but sometimes I feel as if herpes is my punishment. And the only reason my herpes bothers me is because it bothers Brent so much. I don't know what to think. Hmm. That was a journal entry. So did he ever like pray over you about it? I don't remember. I hmm. think it, there were a lot of conversations of, you know, if you have the faith, you can be healed. Right? I see. And then every time I had any kind of outbreak of herpes, it was like this crushing blow, you know? Well, of, you don't have outbreaks anymore. I don't. I, I mean, I was— Maybe you were healed. <laughs> Who the heck Well, knows? I was 18 when I contracted it, and typically it's it's bothersome for a few years, and then— It goes away? I mean, you just don't have outbreaks anymore. Okay. I, it's been years. Yeah, like, you're decades, quite a bit older than decades, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm old as fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then I all of a sudden move on to a different topic. I say, David, one of my brothers, got married to Jeanette this past Saturday, his first wife. It was a nice ceremony, but I can't help but get sad when I think about what he's giving up. They were not married in the temple. Look at me. Look at me looking down on someone. Oh, is that what was happening? Yeah. So what do you mean he was giving up? What was he giving up? Eternal marriage. The gospel. Because, okay. <laughs> because Eternity. He was not married in the temple. To a woman who he's no longer married to anyway. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, I wish he would somehow have a desire for the truth. Oh. Maybe he doesn't even think about it. Maybe she doesn't either. I wish they would. <laughs> who is who's writing this who shit? Who is that? God. <laughs> wow. So then I went to Germany to visit my uh, my parents. I spent like six weeks in Germany when my dad was a mission president there. I say, I'm so excited to see my dad. I was on my way there. Ever since I straightened up my life, I have developed a complete and unshaking respect for him. Hmm. With my new view on life, I can see and understand the marvelous work he is performing there in Germany. Oh, my God. I also can see the blessings that have been shed on me since my parents left. It's absolutely amazing. I'm so glad I didn't know you back then. Oh, I was so... (laughs) You're such a nerd. (laughs) But I'm a total nerd. But I was caught up in this, like, oh, my gosh. I straightened my life out. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm a good Mormon now. And it was exciting for me because that's what I was supposed to be all along. Mm-hmm. Right? Just oh start saying this stupid shit. Um, one more. I have a topic that says healing. Okay. So I remember talking to my dad again because I was so concerned about the herpes thing because Brent and I were getting more serious. We were probably going to get, be getting married and he had issues with it. And I wanted to be healed because I didn't want to be dirty and unclean anymore. So I just, there were some, some notes. Why should I be healed? Is it fair to ask God for this? I don't know. He's probably busy finding card keys, right? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what if it were AIDS? Then would it be fair? What a what a weird thought. You mean like if there was something more serious than what you had? Yeah. So then would it be fair to maybe ask God? You were saying you felt like your my malady, STD. Your STD. Sorry, Thank I couldn't you. think of the word. Mm-hmm. Was not significant enough or something? You weren't I, worthy I, enough? I, probably. You needed I don't, something more serious. Uh, I, I guess. I don't know. It just, it's sad for me to look at this and see how many times I wrote about this because of the shame, mm, you know? Yeah. Um, do others ask for healing in similar situations? What about children? What about the marital strain? Do I actually deserve this? Is it really for me? The what, Lord healing? could heal me. This I know, but is it right for me to ask? So you didn't feel deserving of the healing? Maybe? Yeah, because— I was a dirty, gross, horrible oh, human because, because I deserved had it. premarital sex. Mm-hmm. Premarital sex, there's your consequence. God's like, fuck you. Why should I ask God to fix something that I did wrong in the first place? Gotcha. So much like mental trauma mm-hmm. over this. Like incredible. Especially looking back at my journal. Like, shit, how often did I write about that? Yeah. The the shame, you know? I know. And so, all right, going back to what I was first talking about, mm-hmm. being a blamer, mm-hmm. I think religions also teach us to do this. Because, for instance, we're like, okay, so I contracted an STD. Mm-hmm. Whose fault is it? My fault. I was right? a whore. Yeah, I was a whore. Yeah. I drank too much, uh, and then the next day I had a, had a hangover. Mm-hmm. That's my punishment. Yes. We deserve these punishments. Right. Right? Right. Because of our bad behavior. Right. Because we have this notion that there's this man in the sky judging us, yeah. and we need to be responsible for every single thing that we do and yeah. be judged for it. Yeah. 
whoever's been raised in a religious upbringing has this belief that we are supposed to be accountable for every single thing that we do. Exactly. And judged for it. So the truthful situation in life is that there's consequences for everything we do, good or bad. But those are all to be interpreted by ourselves. But the church interprets them for us. Yeah. And that's where the guilt and shame comes in. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't gone against this and then you feel so guilty, like, well, that's what I get. Right. And yeah. what would it be like to not feel that way? To not feel like our consequences have judgment attached to them? Yeah, you had it coming. I'm going right. to look down on you now. Like, of course, I had herpes and I had to tell my future husband, who was fucking clean as a whistle, mm-hmm. that I had this STD. And that was not easy for him, of course, because he saved himself clean mm-hmm. and pure. And here I come, damaged goods. Licked cupcake. Licked cupcake, STD that he might contract. The fucking guilt. Yeah. The guilt that I felt. And the shame. And the shame that yeah. I felt was just crushing to the point of feeling like God wouldn't heal me because I deserved it. Well, and it probably contributed to your feelings of um, being very inferior in your marriage. Of course. And putting Brent on a pedestal. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Which, in a marriage or any relationship, I would say, when you have made yourself feel that you are not worthy of the other person, the relationship is going to be fucked. Right. In my opinion. At least that's how it was for me. Because you will put up with a lot more than you should. Yeah. You will act in a way that you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do any good for the partner. Right. You know, because you're not being honest. You're not being your true self. And it's just fucked up. Shame and guilt and feeling less than is mm-hmm. just so fucking damaging. Mm-hmm. And in Mormonism, I mean, how much worse can it get than I am not worthy of this priesthood holder. I'm unclean. He saved himself for marriage. I didn't. Oh, now I have this this STD, this communicable disease. I'm dirty. I'm unclean. He's not. He's so much better than me. Mm-hmm. I should just thank my lucky stars that he will even give me the time of day. Yeah. That's fucked up. That was the dynamic that you had entering your marriage. Yes. Nothing good is going to ever. No. And it didn't. I Correct. mean, it ended clearly. I mean, you made it last a long time, though. Well, 21 years is a long time. There wasn't the option of not making it last. Mm. We basically had to leave the church to be like, eh, shit ain't working. Right. Anyway, yeah. Wow. There's my journal. Wow, Shelly. Yeah, I got some some uh, some shit. Quite the there. admission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So any of you out there who have STDs or STIs, it's okay. You are not alone. Right. Because <laughs> I as well. And I'm guessing that you've probably experienced some of the shame and guilt that I did, too. And shame and guilt, they're just bullshit feelings. Um, I'm so glad to be over it. I think a very common one is HPV. Um, I dated a couple women. Oh, I have that too. You have that too? Yeah, I do. Okay. So I dated a couple women who have had that. Um, I ended up getting vaccinated against Mm it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe that'll work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's another one of the situations where it was so long ago that it's not even an issue anymore. Like my body is just like, it is so common. It is. Obviously, we look back on our lives just like Allie did in her letter and what should have been and what could have been and how things could have been different. There was never sex ed talked to me. Because why would you prepare to have sex Uh if your intention is, well, I'm never going to have sex, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's evil, dirty, whatever. Yeah, why would you hand out free condoms when that promotes sex? Right, right. Um, so there was never any, any preparation. It was, there was never the intent. And so shit happened. Shit happened. Mm-hmm. I was never safe. Yeah. I'll say never, but rarely. It's kind of a miracle that I was never pregnant. Well, girls also, I think, are reluctant to ask their boyfriends or their partners to use a condom. Yeah. It's a thing because yeah. generally, and not every time, but in some cases, Guys don't put it on, or mm-hmm. you're in the moment, and they don't think about it. Yeah. And women are too scared. Yes, too embarrassed. Too, too embarrassed. Yeah. To ask for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so unfortunate, and it I is wish I would have had some kind of training in that as a as a teenager. But wouldn't that be a great class in school? I remember there was a class where we learned how to put condoms on. Really? Yeah, Mr. Sheets. He did that class. It, he, it wasn't like he did it on the side. Wow. Like he wasn't approved to do it. Like on what? 
we were supposed to bring in bananas. And you know what's funny? My mom had this <laughs> basket of wooden fruit. Oh, okay. And so I brought in a wooden banana. So it was a woody. <laughs> so woody. <laughs> That's awesome. But there wasn't, I mean. Wow, I didn't do that. What I do remember is that I never gained the confidence to tell a dude condom. Yeah. Because it was always, I wasn't going to do that because I can't because it's a sin. I, it just was a fucking shit show. Yeah. It was a shit show. And I'm glad, I'm so glad I'm beyond that at this point. Yeah. Like, fuck. I imagine if I kept a journal, it would just be full of ridiculous stuff too. <laughs> because that's the thing. You age and with age comes wisdom in a lot of cases. And you mm-hmm. look back and you're like, why the heck was I that person? Yeah. Who's that? Yeah, who's that? <laughs> dork. I remember dork. graduating from college and I hated graduating because I had no clue what I was. I was a music major. Yeah. And not employable at that time. Right. And so I graduated not knowing what the heck I was going to do with my life. You can say hell on this podcast. What the hell I was going to do with my life. You can say fuck. What the fuck I was going to do with my life. (laughs) And I was living at home. And I remember literally and metaphorically walking around in the dark at night. I would take these walks. It was summer. And I would just take these walks in the neighborhood and just wonder what the heck what the fuck, Thank what the you. hell mm-hmm. was going to become of my life because I just didn't have any clue or any purpose or anything. Yeah. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, God, I fucking nailed my life. <laughs> <laughs> like I crushed it. <laughs> but at that nailed point, it. nailed it. But at that point, I was petrified. Yeah. Petrified. Yeah. We probably have a lot of listeners right now who are in that stage of like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. It's okay not to know what the fuck you're going to do right now. Well, also, I was battling um, my sexual urges. Were you battling your gayness? <laughs> I was <laughs> at the same time. So it was all just a clusterfuck because I yeah. came out basically from 17 to 19, but I went back in the closet mm-hmm. for a couple of years and uh, struggled, yeah. struggled with my sexual urges. Yeah. Allie, <laughs> you were not alone when you were struggling with your sexual urges towards your friend, especially after um, watching lesbian porn. <laughs> she not didn't say alone. it was porn. Yes, she did. She said it was movies. Probably had some sex scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, lesbian soft porn. Put it somewhere in the middle. There you go. That was you. Leave it in, Dan. Leave it in. Mary (laughs) fucked it up again. Dan, leave it in. Mary didn't turn off her devices. I just can I take a moment to to note the silence coming from my half of the mm-hmm. room when it comes to devices. Good job, baby. Thank you, love. Good job. Did you just blame me? Sure, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Hmm. Thought this was the non-blaming episode. That's that's you. <laughs> um. So we are actually out of time. Pretty much. So sorry, we're not doing the Mad Lib, but I have it up and ready. So next episode. Let's do Mad Lib first. Let's do it. It's a good one. Do that damn Mad Lib. Mm-hmm. That's a fun damn one. It. I don't know okay. how many fun journal entries I had to share. Whew. You're welcome. Wow. That was a treat. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take our final commercial break then. And when we get back, we got some patrons. Okay. All right. Be right back. We're back with patron names. All right. We have three Three patrons. Should we give them new names of sexually transmitted diseases? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I I'm kidding. I, I was kidding. <laughs> There's no one that starts here with G for gonorrhea. So it's we're good. We're good. Syphilis? Is there an S? Uh, nope. Okay. There's two M's. Wait. Do we do first name or last name? Last initial. We've got a C, a W, and an L. Okay. I don't think there's any, any STD slash STIs. So let's go a different route. Okay, so I just had a thought about what we could do. So in another Brene podcast, they were talking about emotions mm. and listing emotions. So when people a lot of times think about emotions, it's hard to remember all of them. They think happy, sad, angry, and then they get stuck thinking of more oh, emotions. Let's do emo- okay, I like that. Okay. We could probably do this week and next week emotions <laughs> and maybe the week after. Well, all right. So who's our first person? Our first person is M. W. M. So they we sent us just a first initial, M. M. Okay, first initial. And, and an entire last name. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we don't say last name. So it starts with W. W. So an emotion that starts with W. Um, can you feel wishy-washy? Wishy-washy. M. Wishy-washy. <laughs> <laughs> is that an emotion? It is Wishy-washy? Now. Sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. 
Next is, thank you, and wishy-washy. <laughs> Next is, I'm going to fuck this up, Kirsty. Kirsty? <laughs> Mary's looking at me like, how did you fuck that up? Because it's spelled K-J-E-R-S-T-I. Okay. I think she might be um, an international listener. Oh, maybe Scandinavian or something, could, maybe? Could be. Okay, so Kirsty, let us know how to pronounce your name. Yeah, because if there... I pronounce it how it's spelled, it's Kajersty. When you're an American idiot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, her last name starts with L. Ludicrous. Is that a feeling? I don't— Or is I, it a rapper? <laughs> it's definitely a rapper. <laughs> okay. You feel ludicrous like you're feeling ridiculous? Yeah, maybe. maybe. These emotions are not in any kind of medical dictionary. No, you won't find them. <laughs> um, so you're either feeling like a rapper or you're feeling— <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay. Like a ridiculous rapper. All right, Kirsty Ludicrous, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Um, Marlise. And a shout out to Marlise. She found the podcast and just fucking joined all the things. Oh. So she's a new channels member. Indeed. Channels are still up and running, lots of fun, and a new patron. So Marlise C. C. C for crying all the time. No? Well, that would be sad. <laughs> or depressed. Okay. okay. Marlise C. Go. You get to pick this one. Okay. Um, You're taking too long. Um, <laughs> how about Marlise cannibalistic? Oh, God. <laughs> That's a feeling? If you feel like eating human flesh. I felt like eating his liver with a side of fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> nice. The people our age will, will know that uh, movie reference. Yeah, I don't think I had the quote exactly right, but it's something like that. Marlise cannibalistic. Ooh, we are so Is sorry. That bad? Should we go with like something a little less aggressive? Mm. Or at least caring. Caring? She's she, feeling caring. She cares about the liver that she's about to oh, eat. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. That's a little morbid. Sorry, not sorry. I'm telling you, this is probably why our patron numbers have slowed down because we keep <laughs> fucking with their names. You can join. Under a different name. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can join and send us a note like, don't say my name. Yeah. That no, might I be think best. People, whatever, whatever. <laughs> we do appreciate your support, and we we put it to good use. We Absolutely. really do. Yeah. So do. thank you. Even if we fuck up your name, we love you. And as a reminder, ten percent of every tier level on Patreon goes to help flourish therapy. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Yep. Okay, I think that's gonna do it. If you would like to join us on either Marco Polo channels or Patreon, please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash support. There it is. We really appreciate that. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Okay, so we want to also thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Glad to have you back because last week's audio was a kind of a shit show and that's on me. Did we record in the closet? That was last week. It wasn't great. It It was not great. Mm -hmm. So the content was brilliant though. Oh, absolutely. The infomercial? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, everybody. Please steer clear of those cults because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye now. 